All right. Welcome back to another hour of Scott Shower. I am Noah. I'm Jesse. And hopefully all of you had a great, wonderful week last week. We uh, did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. And uh, <laughs> tonight's episode here we have in store for you. Um, ben Riak the 12. Bam! And uh, then we have our shout outs, our get it togethers, followed up by our restaurant review, which is uh, Tolly's on the Creek. And then our smarter challenge <laughs> being, on the crack. <laughs> <laughs> being um, uh, the best of Fast and the Furious series. Yes. All right, so we've visited the Ben Riach Distillery and their scotches on a couple of occasions at this point. We did the 10, the Smoky 10. Now we're enjoying the 12. Uh, again, you can review a lot of the history about this wonderful scotch and the distillery on our previous podcast, but it is a Speyside, so therefore a Highland single malt scotch whiskey. Uh, master distiller Rachel Berry has done some wonderful things with the Ben React 10 and the Smoky 10, uh, and we're super excited to try this one. I dig this color of 10. I don't know about you. I Actually, I like it, especially because like uh, on a <laughs> review that i read it mentions blueberry pancakes and <laughs> that color reminds me of blueberries literally it does <laughs> like it's bam so, all right so the distillery's been around since 1898 had some fun with itself i'm sure uh Again, we I have not been disappointed with any of the scotches from this distillery. The bottles are classy. Uh, again, this sexy tin, man. This goes with a black suit, a blue suit, a sports coat, almost with anything. It's a great-looking tin. Uh, the bottle, man, we got some uh, bronze here. We got a little bit more color than we've seen in the uh, two versions of the tins we've enjoyed in the past. Uh, so really looking forward to this. Three cask mature sherry cask bourbon cask and port cask i'm excited for the port cask <laughs> no kidding i am right there with you um i can only imagine the delicious treat we are in for this evening uh, again we've talked about this distillery and rachel berry has not let us down rachel berry don't forget you know call us if you want to <laughs> send us uh, two tickets to a distillery tour uh, we will do everything we can airfare would also be appreciated <laughs> <laughs> I'll sleep on the streets for three days. You give me a three-day tour. No joke. Not even kidding. Uh, because this scotch has really been a treat in the past. Uh, do you have anything you want to add about this wonderful libation? No, just that uh, I guess uh, as you're opening up, I would just say that Rachel Berry does have a uh, an extensive uh, list there with the distilleries that she's worked with and kind of has like a little bit of a... Um, I guess like um, relationships, I guess, with some of the other distilleries. Yeah, Glen Morangi, yeah. none the least. Again, love the wood topped cork. Ah, love yeah, a tight squeaks. seal. <laughs> <laughs> the squeaks, the glugs, the glug glugs. Uh, 
Oh man. All right. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> this is not a PD or smoky scotch, but man, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> it smells good. It the- smells great. I don't know if that's the uh sherry bourbon and port casks or what, but man. I, I didn't catch how long they spent in each one of those uh, casks. Did it, did you happen to catch uh, happen to catch that? I did not, but I'd imagine that uh, the port was probably the least of the three, the sherry the most, and the bourbon right in the middle. All right, so oh. we're gonna do our cheers, and then we'll God. come back with our. No, uh, <laughs> this could be heaven. <laughs> I'm in heaven. Cheers. All right, cheers. <laughs> Scotch. Dude, no kidding. The Benriac V12. Um, you know what? I think whatever whatever I read the the, the tasting notes on this one. Um, normally, I don't agree with the tasting notes I read, but this one was like pretty much spot on for me. I do on the nose, as I mentioned earlier in the opening. I do get the blueberry pancakes. I do too. And not only with the blueberry pancakes, which I love blueberry. I like anything blueberry, really. I also get like maple syrup on there. Mm-hmm. Maple syrup, blueberry pancakes. Uh, there is like a hint of orange on there I got. Um, the one part I didn't really agree with the one uh, the one ratings or the one uh, synopsis I read was that it said dark chocolate. I don't really get the dark chocolate too much on the nose for me. But definitely the blueberry pancakes, the maple syrup, and the uh, and uh, a little bit of the um, the orange. Now, when it comes to the palate, okay, the palate reminds me of like back in like when we were like in grade school and stuff, eating some of those honeycomb cereal, the honeycomb cereals that has like that had that lot more of that like honey flavor, like the honey cereal with your milk and everything like that. Um, and it has a nice jamminess with some, uh, some, uh, what did I put in here? Uh, apple and it has a nice sweetness all the way through. And then when you get to the finish and, uh, I, I, pretty, I do make it like a coffee concoction every morning. <laughs> <laughs> the blenders tell no lies. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, kind of like a mocha because I use like, I, do, I use a chocolate flavor, like bone broth, uh, collagen thing with my, uh, with my coffee. So I get like, you know, I usually get some kind of similar to a mocha all the time. And I tell you what, the, the finish on this kind of reminds me of a, of a mocha. And it's uh, you know, it has like that nice mocha finish, and and it and was some like dried fruit to it. And the one thing I really really like about this uh, about the the twelve here is that it is not like most other scotches. There's a sweetness to this, and it's a mild sweetness. It's not overbearing, and that sweetness kind of carries you through. Maybe it's like a honey sweetness or whatever, but it kind of carries you all the way through from the beginning all the way to the end. Even with those uh, with that mocha finish and the and that dry fruit uh, or peel type uh, flavor there at the end, 
I will tell you this. I will not take this this bottle here to uh, <laughs> to 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 poker game night or to poker night. And, and it's for a different reason. Like the one I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I wouldn't take there because I was selfish. The Dome War 15. Yeah. I would not take it there because I'm selfish. <laughs> this one, I would not take it there because I think the I think the cigars or whatever would ruin it. It's only one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one, though, I think you could take it to like a baby shower. <laughs> Dude. The can tells no lies. I've got a jar of dirt. I've got a jar of dirt. Look at my dirt. Guess what's inside? <laughs> yeah. uh, Amber heard Johnny Depp. You've seen it. We all love it. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I'm joking, but I'm not really joking. I mean, like, I think you could take it to like a more night, like a an event that really is uh, not like just a total like guys' night out. Though I think uh, I think women would probably find this very. Uh, an approachable type of uh, whiskey here, a scotch. And uh, I think the, uh, I think you, I think the way this was made, it allows for beginners in the scotch to mm -hmm. enjoy it. And those who appreciate a complex scotch will also enjoy it. Dude, I am all in. I remember the first time we tried the Ben Riak 10. And like from the get-go, I'm like, man, this is the honey rider of scotches. This is like the sexy chick from James Bond, honey rider. And it was smooth from uh, head to toe, if you will, <laughs> tip to tether. So with this one, uh, much like yourself, man, I am digging this uh, light brassy color, um, golden bronze, light brass. I, I like the color. I as well immediately smelled the blueberry pancakes with a little bit of that maple syrup. And that is just a treat. And if uh, Rachel Berry and everyone else at Ben React, if that's why you did this tin, this color, cheers to you. Well done. That is a pleasant surprise on anything. And it doesn't taste that way. And that's even better is because I don't know that I would want a blueberry pancake scotch. But I love the fact that it's on the nose. And I get that a little bit of cocoa, um, orange cocoa, like one of those oranges covered in chocolate. You get at Christmas chocolate oranges, man, on the palate. Immediately for me, there is a flavor when you eat a maraschino cherry, and I get that flavor, bam, right at the tip of the tongue the second I taste of this scotch. And the, it's an interesting transition going from a blueberry pancake with maple syrup smell to a maraschino cherry taste. You mentioned the honeycomb cereal. Absolutely. Um, that and the chocolate covered nuts and man, it's not, it's like a chocolate covered almond to me. I know, uh, we had talked about, is it a chocolate covered peanut? What kind of nut is this? It's, it's like a chocolate covered almond to me. Very smooth, not too salty, not too sweet. Very smooth. Think you might be spot on with that. Oh, it's so damn good. And then the finish. Here's the beauty of this scotch. You get this, and it still follows true to the suit of the Ben React 10. The 12 is this honey rider where it's sweet, but not too sweet. And it's smooth. I don't that's the best word. It's not creamy. 
It's not really creamy. Smooth is a perfect Smooth. word. Smooth. And right at the end, you get this great mocha finish. That mocha finish that dries. Yeah, it makes your, your tongue go from, oh, I'm so wet to I'm so dry. It's like the perfect finish because you want to feel it, right? You want to feel it. You don't want to go the other way. <laughs> and with that, it is... Uh, divine it is amazing um the mocha finish is the perfect finish for this scotch. i literally can't imagine a better finish for the scotch so smooth mocha finish uh, delighted uh, that is how i am i want to try this with you know you got different scotches you want to try different things i want a, an ardbeg or a um a lagavulin with a charcuterie board this i want with a chocolate fantasy board 10 different types of chocolates some dried fruits and nuts to this i'm in i don't know about a chocolate board but i definitely go with maybe a dessert board dude can you imagine this with your lemon cello cake Oh. Oh. that might be something we have to do <laughs> we might just have to do that what or do even with a uh uh tiramisu as i you know originally i was thinking the creme brulee but i don't i think it'd go great with any of these now this is a 46 percent alcohol by volume it really? is not meek by any means but it's not burning at all it is so smooth for such a it's rich scotch and jammy and you know it uh this is a great bottle the i don't know how long you you asked the question i didn't have an answer i still don't they don't tell you anywhere uh but between the bourbon the sherry and the port casks I think the port cask plays an important part in this. Huge. You think about that port, Glen Morangie. What did Rachel Berry take from there and bring to this? Cheers. Definitely cheers. It's a win. I would, um, dude, yeah, this is almost too sexy. That's what I'm to saying. bring to a poker party. Exactly. <laughs> it's too sexy. Unless you're like, I'm too everyone. sexy for my shirt. Too, too sexy, sexy for my shirt. shirt. So sexy, sexy it hurts. Me, 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 me. It's a good song. Yeah, I, that song I'm came out before we were born. Too sexy for my bottle. Too <laughs> sexy for my bottle. <laughs> um, but yeah, so once again, Ben Riach, Rachel Berry, this is a home run it is a home run and a good call because i forgot to mention the coloring on this and i also agree with you it is a brassy mm. a light brassy tone to it i'm done living life with the lights i'm with my own doubts it's time for our shout outs all right um on to our uh Shout outs. Shout outs. Uh, who do you got? What oh, do you got? Oh man, my uh, <laughs> this is weird. I think the uh, actually, if I have any prediction, it'll be that this year will continue this way with me and my shout outs and my <laughs> togethers. My shout out goes to Verstappen and the Red Bull Racing Team for winning the Spanish Grand Prix. Um, everyone has their gremlins. Everyone has their opportunities. Once again, Verstappen continues to show his maturity. Red Bull Racing always continues. Like I don't know that they failed uh, when they had a car capable 
they continue to show great strategy and they took a win, uh, even though Ferrari was shining. But regardless, I think Verstappen had a chance either way, uh, took a win at the Spanish Grand Prix and now has the official lead in the Formula One FIA World Championship Drivers Point. So, uh, you know, Verstappen, cheers, man. Good race. And it was a clean race. There was no dirty work. Um, it was a good race. So awesome job. Cheers to Verstappen. Yeah. All right. So my... Uh Shout out goes to the Arizona Sheriffs. And uh, for those of you who had not seen the movie uh, 2000 Mules um, by uh, Dinesh Dezesu, uh Sezu, or however you say his name, uh, the heat, they pretty much found all that, like all the film and stuff of these people putting in multiple ballots into the drop boxes. And uh, because of this, uh, because of the movie and the information and the tracking of how to find people. The uh, Arizona sheriffs had uh, raided the nonprofits that were exposed in the movie. So things are happening there on that front. So I thought that was a, uh, I mean, I don't care what side of the aisle you are. Obviously, if you guys watch our show, you know I'm, I'm a conservative. So, <laughs> so what? <laughs> so what? Uh, and, and I would say probably Jesse is too, but I'll let him say, I'll let him say whatever he is. What? Uh, but I don't care. I don't care if you are. Uh, I don't care if you're liberal or conservative or whatever. Uh, honest, I think honesty in, a, in Those our are three elections. Pretty good things. <laughs> I think honesty in our in elections is a would be a good thing. And if there if people are uh, scamming the system and and uh, trying to steal elections and stuff like that by doing like putting a bunch of fake ballots into hmm. the Dropbox, I think it's a good thing that we uh, that that's being exposed and being found out. So that's that's uh, my one shout out here, um, dude. I love that, and I uh, agree with you wholeheartedly, man. It's okay to cheat as long as you admit when you get caught, <laughs> and I mean that. Yeah, I mean that. If I'm going to cheat at a game of cards, and like I, I actually honestly can't remember the last time I cheated. It's been a long time, but I remember in the past, like. Uh, when I'm playing cards, even with my mom or, or others, if I cheated, they were like. Uh-uh. I'd be like, you're right. I would just own it. So you're talking about cheating and owning it, right? That brings up my second shout-out to Robbie Mook. Robbie Mook, if you guys don't remember, was the campaign manager for one Hillary Rodman Clinton. And he... Like Rodman, like Dennis Rodman? Yeah. (laughs) You didn't know that's her middle name, right? Hillary I just Robbie? really wanted to emphasize she's oh, okay. a cultural freak. <laughs> Any case, <laughs> Robin's awesome. In court, uh, with the Durham trial, uh, mm-hmm. Durham being the district, uh, being the uh, the uh, the prosecutor, uh, he, uh, Mook had said that uh, the whole Russian gate, the whole Russia gate thing, and the PP uh, uh, steel dossier and stuff like that, they knew it was fake. And uh, Hillary Clinton knew about it and okayed it to be spread out into the newspapers and, and media, which has then caused four years of us all wondering whether or not what's real or not real about the whole Russian thing. So well, we knew. Well, we knew, but it came. But it's official <laughs> now. It came out in the court. So, and Robbie Mook, uh, he spilled the beans, and I'm sure if he dies here shortly, we all know why he committed suicide. <laughs> That's right. Or Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. 
So anyways, those are my shout outs. I mean, you play with Hillary Clinton, you're going to die. <laughs> Unless you're Bill Clinton. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, well, maybe that's a double. That's, maybe she had some like guy with like a schlong twice <laughs> as big. Replace him. <laughs> I don't think she goes for the schlongs. Uh, How about the cigars? She, uh, I think, uh, I think HRC goes with, uh, she plays on her same side of the field. All right. But right. Aberdeen. Uh, anyways, um, do you have any other shout outs? No, that was my shout out for the week. Verstappen is a good shout out. Dude. He, and Red Bull. <laughs> Dude, it's ridiculous. Uh, Ferrari did great. They really did. Little gremlin wrecked the car. Hopefully they get that together. Um, but yeah, Red Bull. Do you have any get it togethers? Oh, just one. <clears throat> get it together, America. 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 Our FDA in particular. Uh, the FDA who we trust to decide whether or not we should take, like vaccinations, for example, help make those decisions. Uh, is now flying in infant formula from foreign nations previously determined not suitable for our kids. Yeah, just get it together, FDA. This is wrong to me. It's actually literally... Uh, man, our whole administration has messed so many things up in these... Uh, Two years? How do you jack up America this bad in two years? Literally, I went to go buy a pound of 80-20 ground beef today, and I didn't. You know why? Because it was $7.99. I remember two years ago when it was $3.99. It's doubled in price. No. So, yeah, get it together, FDA. Uh, the infant formula is a serious issue. How did you let it get to that point? How did you manage to shut this down? And we all know why. Yeah, we all know why. But we, how. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, wow, yeah, you're going to let this get ruined. And then uh, only when forced, you're going to bring in formula you can't trust from foreign countries that don't meet your standards already, but you shut down our factory in America because, well, again, we know why. All right, my get it together has to be with wait staff. Once again, restaurants <laughs> and their wait staff. We went to a restaurant this evening and uh, Tolly's. Tolly's on the creek. On the creek. On the creek. And their service was, well, Less than desirable. There's a lot that goes into that. I hear what you're saying. And this is not the only time that I, like, I've, uh, earlier this week, uh, or I guess last week, I went to another restaurant and once again had horrible service. And uh, I think this is the first time in, like, in, in a one-week time period where I gave someone um, less than 20% in, in tip. Actually, probably even less than 10% in the tip. <laughs> and uh, and if if I was still like in my younger years where I still carried cash around with me, I probably would have left a penny uh, just to say, say like how terrible their service was. Should have asked, dude. I caught one. <laughs> but uh, and not only that. So not only did I experience that twice, but somebody um, who I know on a, on a social media site, uh, they they said, uh, has anyone else experienced a uh, terrible service since COVID, uh, since mm -hmm. after COVID? And I'm like, yeah, 
my friend and I have talked about this multiple times on our podcast. And so really, I mean, if you're going to be in a, in the service industry, I, I get there's a lot that goes to it goes goes along with it. I get there's a, a shortage, uh, you know, there in that area as well. But come on, you you have to know at least some of the basic stuff, like know what's on your menu. No, yeah. like know what beers you have on tap. At least a few of them. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, for wait staff people, just get it together. <laughs> All right. You're not wrong, but the tragedy is, and we can talk about this as we venture to the restaurant here in just a brief moment, is that there is a, uh, there is a real shortage, and it's two-sided. Here's the tricky part. It's two-sided because uh, the restaurant industry has taken such a hit, uh, this uh, ebb and flow of, okay, so I, I'm getting great service pre-COVID, I'm tipping well pre-COVID. COVID happens. Now these people are without a job. Half of them don't come back. Jobs open back up. COVID's supposedly over. Um, lightening up. And so people flee in. Half the people that flee in are new. And then it happens again, the second lockdown. And with the second lockdown, now the people who were like, yeah, that was in this to win it. Now they're like, yeah, I'll go sell lotto tickets. <laughs> on the corner and flowers and roses and stuff on the street before I'll go back to the restaurant industry. So more new people going in thinking about the potential, the restaurants have had to raise their rates. Uh, diners are not getting half the service, half of the knowledge they used to get. And we've experienced that. Um, and on top of that, they were tipping really well when the first round of COVID ended and now they're tipping like crap and why would these servers like i get it i understand i'm right there with you but why would these servers kill themselves for a two dollar tip well they don't know any better they were never trained like they're the rescue squad trying to save these restaurants that are closing left and right um there have been uh, i think it was ninety thousand plus restaurants that have closed since the beginning of covid that will never reopen and i shared with you noah uh this weekend I went to take Aiden to go to get some Taco Bell and it took us going to four Taco Bells before we found one that was staffed just to get me through the drive-thru. Still didn't have enough staff to get in the lobby. And that's real. And part of that is like, I'm thinking about it as Aiden and I are making this journey, you know, 18 miles to go spend 18 bucks on Taco Bell, which is about to be 36 bucks. I imagine very quickly is, uh, man, would I want to work at Taco Bell? No, because even if you are sweating, working as hard as you can, you're not getting tipped. And there are people on the other side of the counter like, where's my order? What's taking so long? Well, your order is 36 out of 50 right now. And yeah, you're just going to have to be patient. And people aren't. People are not patient, especially when they're hungry. Hangry. Tolly's on the creek. I will say my initial impression of the place was pretty good. I did like the inside. Uh, it's a smaller, like a uh, neighborhood pub type of area or type of uh, uh, facility. Mm -hmm. um, they had some a decent amount of uh, beers on tap. 
as well as uh, they had a really kind of a interesting uh, menu, mm. um, which led me to uh, well, we first of all we got the uh, jalapeno poppers, oh, dynamite, uh, which had bacon wrapped uh, cream cheese and uh, ranch to dip it in, which was they were great. They were um, great. I thought that you know from right there had high expectations for the food. Uh, on the menu, they had this uh, fig jam and brie hamburger, and that just caught my eye. I'm like, ooh, this has got to be good. And it wasn't bad. Um, what, I, what I think is that they might have had like, maybe too much jam on there because I think the jam really overpowered the brie. Uh, but overall, it was a really good burger. Um, and because of my first like initial bite, I actually didn't get any of the jam, so I was like almost concerned to put ketchup on it. But I'm glad I did not put ketchup on it uh, because later on the jam did come in. But like I said, that fig jam kind of overpowered the brie. That's what uh, she said. <laughs> uh, but it was a it was a, it was a decent tasting burger. Um, here's where part of the service kind of came into play here. Uh, I heard the bell ring from the back in the kitchen saying that the food was done. And I have no idea what the wait staff was doing. Uh, most of the time, to me, it seemed like uh, they were standing around not doing anything. And our food sat back there for probably like a good like four or five minutes. And by the time we got our food, um, my burger was definitely cold. And the bottom of the, my bun was a little bit soggy. Nobody wants a soggy bun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and my fries were cold. Unless you're on a beach. <laughs> my fries weren't like really warm at all. They were like, it was like lukewarm at best. And so here, once again, that's I think that's part of the reason why I said the service was terrible. Uh, I think if everything came out on time, I would imagine that the maybe the brie or whatever might have had like a little bit more uh, hints to it. Maybe I'm not really positive, but I think the burger would have tasted better, and I think the fries would have tasted better. Um. Is it first date worthy with the service that we got and how how quickly the food came out? I'd say no. There were a couple of first dates going on there, though. <laughs> there were a couple of first dates going on there. We assume. We assume, yeah. Um, is it a place where I go meet a buddy and watch a game? Heck yeah. I think it's a great, like, they had the Avalanche game on tonight, the playoff game with the St. Louis Blues. And, you know, it seemed a little bit lively in there when the Avalanche scored, so that was kind of fun to watch. Um, I kind of wish, though, instead of them playing the music, that they actually would have had the game out, uh, the game uh, on the TV, play, like the volume playing on the for the game. Um, yeah, I, I, I know. I'd say probably like the food. I think potentially wise could have been an eight, but I'm giving it about a a six point five. Ooh. Potentially eight if it comes out on time. Dude, the jalapeno poppers were an eight. The jalapeno poppers were an eight. I agree with you with the rest. The burger and the fries with how cold they came out, I'm giving it a 6.5 because you really don't want a soggy bottom. Like, <laughs> it really, like the bottom of my burger was soggy. I mean, and slippery, then, not soggy. <laughs> and then the top of the bun, you could tell it sat underneath the, the heat lamp because it was like super hot on top of the bun and like super soggy on the bottom. So... That's why I'm giving it like a six point five with a with a potential of an eight. All right. Uh, weight staff and all that other stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna give it like an overall a seven. It's pretty generous, actually. I'm giving it a seven because I think it. Honestly, I think it could be way better Dude. than what the service we got and the food that we got. 
because I think the food shows a lot of potential. And if you get a good wait staff in there, I think that really would kick it up quite a bit. Um, that's uh, that's my review, I guess. You mentioned the jalapeno poppers for my review. Uh, they were absolutely an eight. They came actually timely. They were there quickly. Um, our first beer was there quickly. Your only beer was there semi-quickly. Uh, however, the waitress didn't seem engaged. She wasn't wanting uh, to have to spend any time to make any money. And I think that's part of your point of like, well, <laughs> here's your 10% tip, which is actually generous based on the service we got. Um, the interesting thing for me, again, the food, the jalapeno poppers, the appy was great. Um, I had the Monte Cristo and she recommended it. And when I got it, unlike yours, which had already had time to cool, mine was still hot. I think that was probably a rookie cook. I'm guessing there was somebody new in the kitchen, new buns in the kitchen, soggy buns in the kitchen. And with that, uh, it was great as far as volume and food. However, there was so much goddamn cinnamon on the outside of my French toast that I was actually it, it stole from the flavor of the cheeses and the ham and i'm used to a monte cristo having two meats and two cheeses and this one had ham and two cheeses uh it, it was lacking there as well the monte cristo left me melt uh, left me <laughs> melting wanting um, she recommended your burger she recommended my sandwich uh, i don't think either of us i like i don't know how you really feel at the end of the day i was left wanting it was weighed it was measured and I was left wanting, and man, uh, yeah, I, uh, I tip-wise, I was about the 12 to 15% mark, and I actually thought that was very generous because we waited 20 minutes to get our damn bill, and there were people around us, and I was looking, and I'm like, man, they ordered drinks before you went into the counter to go get our check so we could leave because we have a bigger and better things to do and i'm just like why are your people staying here uh, to your point i walked in and i was excited i'm like man this place is cool the atmosphere is awesome all the potential in the world that place had absolutely the potential being eight plus and i'm giving it a six minus at the end uh because of the service and man i was i'm not gonna lie man got my incredible pedal beer my Denver Beer Co. beer, one of the many they had on tap, delicious. I wish it would have been a little bit cooler, colder. I love a frosty mug, uh, but it was still good. The jalapeno poppers nailed it, and then everything just went, boop. We're in Ukraine. <laughs> so with that first date worthy, yeah, just don't have high expectations. <laughs> Yeah, if you want, I think it does. But. If if you, yeah, potentially it's there. But if you're wanting to get married, don't go there. Uh, if you think she wants to see your level of service, uh, you have just failed. Um, food wise, you're probably going to be okay, and the potential is amazing. Uh, long term, yes. So um, overall, man, it's a six. And that's, that's hard for me to say because it had so much potential. I, when Noah and I walked in there, we're like, man, we need one of these like one mile away so we can, in the summer, walk down, 
grab a beer, grab a burger, an appy, and walk back after two or three more beers maybe and go to bed, crawl in bed, be happy, have a great night. And at the end, I'm like, man, A, how did I spend 40 goddamn dollars on that? And B... What happened to, like, how did the jalapeno poppers go from an eight to an overall experience of a six? Everything else was below a six at that point. The service was not even mediocre. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I hope to revisit them someday when they've got better service. Let's go. The best of the Fast and the Furious uh, series, challenge, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. So, uh, really, like, what's the best Fast and the Furious movie? Um, do you have a favorite actor and why? Is there a favorite song of yours? And then, uh, yeah. What made the best the best? Wow. Uh, Fast and the Furious. Okay. I'm going to give a honorable mention first because I think without this one, you wouldn't have a series, and that's going to be the original Fast and the Furious. Dude, the original Fast and the Furious is probably honestly the best Fast and the Furious. But see, here's the thing. <laughs> if we include <laughs> if we include Hobbs and Shaw, which is a Fast and Furious movie, and it's kind of a spinoff. It is a spinoff. It's not one of the nine. Uh, since it's a... So if we include it as Fast and the Furious, that will be my favorite. If we do not include it, then I'll have to go with the original. All right. With a tight second uh, being uh, number seven, uh, where and I think what really like captures number seven. Well, a number one, you have the, like the Formula One cars. I think in that one, is that the one? Uh, or is that the that's six? <clears throat> You're right. That's six. But that's when you get introduced to Decker Shaw as the number seven, <laughs> uh, which is still pretty good. It's the older brother. Of yeah. The, <laughs> right. Um, it's still pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I, I think what really captures that as being number two for me is the ending. Um, uh, because that's, that's the year that Paul Walker died in that car accident. And uh, the way they ended it in that song, it just like it kind of ties in like all the other movies together with Paul Walker and the crew, and um, I think that just kind of holds more of a special feeling to it, um, which then makes that kind of puts it up to us into higher spot than maybe it would have been naturally. Man, for me, it's tough as well. So you got man, this is what a saga you've got going on here so the original fast and furious movie came out in 2001 here we are 21 years later 2022 next year fast and furious x is scheduled to come out and the only thing i can say is oh my god please vin diesel don't screw this up because when you hit triple x you kind of made your career on every other field uh but you've got some great movies so it's almost every two years straight down the line started with fast and the furious 2001 uh but they rolled out too fast too furious almost immediately in 2002 2006 so that was the spans i think they had uh realized they had something great they didn't have to have a huge storyline going from 2001 to 2002 with 
Fast and Furious to two Fast and Furious, but 2006, then finally Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which was kind of a fail in many ways in my mind, uh, rolled out. Three years later, Fast and Furious 4 comes out. Not bad. Not great. Uh, 2011, Fast 5. 2013, Fast and Furious 6, 2015, Fast and Furious 7, 2017, F8. At least they got some exciting name changes going on. Uh, and then 2021, F9. I'm right there with you. So here's what's interesting. Here's what I love is they literally turned this cops and robbers movie in fast and furious into a james bond type of series where now uh you're talking almost 20 years later you got hobbs and shaw fast and furious hobbs and shaw where they're literally fighting the types of real life crime <laughs> that everyone wants to pretend don't exist like in james bond and it's great uh jason statham as shaw and The Rock as Hobbs. What a great duo, man. The, sh the, the uh, shit talk banter back and forth is unbeatable. And then, man, I'm just going to say. Oh, I think that I agree with you. The shit talking dude, was great. It was great. The, dude, the opening of this movie was fantastic. So it is also my favorite. Hobbs versus Shaw. If we're going to consider this one of the Fast and Furious. It's my favorite. If you're not. Fast and Furious, the original is absolutely Jordana Brewster. Please never leave this series. You made that movie from an erotic standpoint for me, even though there was no erotic activity. And uh, with that, though, you get Little into... Little Jesse spending time in the, in the bathroom. <laughs> bathroom. I, I didn't just waste time getting to the bathroom. I'm like, and there it is. Ding. <laughs> But regardless, Jordana Brewster is hot. You know, she's a Yale graduate. I did not know that. that smart and hot, just saying. Or at least rich and hot. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, Hobbs versus Shaw, I think is great. You're talking about nanotechnology. Uh, I know you've done other podcasts on Casper this. Casper Cast9, DNA, yeah. altering uh, technology, All designer virus. stuff. All real stuff. Again, literally rolls into the last James Bond. Uh, and it's great, but it, it turns Fast and Furious into just that this iconic series of it's no longer good versus bad. It's how does someone with a possible loose moral code save the world? And they do time after time. Um, great entertainment. Hobbs versus Shaw. Man, who's your favorite character? Okay, my favorite character does come in uh, too fast, too furious, and it, it it has to be because and in one of the movies, uh, which I believe is the one where Ramsey gets in, gets introduced, um, uh, is going to be um, I just forgot his name, uh, Roman Pierce. Oh my God, uh, Roman Pierce, I the mean, Joker, the Joker. Yep, <laughs> uh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> He's always hungry. Exactly. Like, how much crack is that guy doing? Just saying. <laughs> and he was always coming up with the, like the most messed up plans. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Jump out of a out of an airplane? Yep. <laughs> and at the end, though, they're like, "It's actually a pretty good plan." <laughs> 
I can make that work. <laughs> that is great. And it is absolutely ridiculous, but it works. And he's also the one who chickens out, though. Yeah, but he makes for, like, in those movies, like, because, like, some of them do get kind of over the top. But he does bring in like the comic relief to it all, which makes it kind of makes it kind of more of a fun friend movie, you know. Uh, and, and I think like these movies are about friendship, man, or family. You got some amazing characters, uh, actors, actresses in these movies, and um, man, Gal Gadot. Yeah, she was in there. Um, I will say though, man. Fast and Furious 1, you take Hobbs and Shaw out of there. It's the best. And I think there's just this piece where uh, why I like that one so much. And one of my favorite songs is in there, Debonair by Dope. Uh, but why I like that one so much is it really takes two people, even though they're no longer teenagers, young people, and make them realize their code. This is what I stand for. I stand for family. Uh, and whether or not everyone already knew that, they learned that very quickly. Well, I think uh, in that first, uh, in the first one, which is also would be my favorite if you take out Hobbs and Shaw, um, it has much better like plot development, a lot better um, character development in there. Um, you could see the arc of uh, Paul Walker's character. And at that time, I think, um, especially when you look at Fast and Furious 1 and Too Fast and Too Furious, I almost think during that time frame, Paul Walker was the main character uh, of the series. But then somewhere right around 4, I think it switched over to Vin Diesel being like the... Father figure. Yeah, being like the main character. Um, and then everyone else being the supporting cast. I think you're absolutely right. And with Paul Walker, I think that there were other things going on in his life. Like he was a real dad. He wasn't a Vin Diesel anymore. Just lifting weights and trying to be cool, doing movies like Triple X, which I thought was a great movie, but not everyone did. Most people fucking hated it. <laughs> uh, the first one was okay. The second one was so-so, but the third one with uh, Ice Cube, that kind of got a little bit ridiculous. Triple X? Yeah. They made multiple of those movies? Yeah, there's there's two of them with Vin Diesel, and then there's I only knew there was one. <laughs> I only knew there was Triple X. <laughs> obviously, you didn't like him that much, dude. I'm just saying. Obviously, they didn't make a big enough screen to even catch my. I actually don't watch a ton of TV people. <laughs> I go out of my way to watch these movies and read these books. Believe it or not, <laughs> but we will be seeing Top Gun. Yes, we will be. All right. Um. Dude, what are your favorite songs from the Fast and the Furious? Okay, saga? so my number one song, I think, just because it makes it more emotional, has to be um, "See You Again" by uh, was it uh, Wiz Khalifa? Wiz Khalifa, yes. Um, you know that that's like when you like the Paul, like well, I guess it's Paul Walker's brother right there at the end at the beach. Um, but then you know you see them drive off in separate ways. Right, him and Vin Diesel, and uh, I think it just kind of you know, I honestly thought that was gonna be the very last of all the Fast and the Furious movies. Mm. I didn't know they were gonna come out with more. Like when I first saw that at the theaters, because I really saw Paul Walker as being a very integral part 
of the Fast and Furious series, and then you know to kind of see him kind of phase it out. I think it was like the next the next movie after that one where um, they had no of, role in it. Well, no, the, like the very next one after that, eight, eight. He was already dead in real life. In real life. But they show they try to make it seem like he's still alive by showing his car drive up at the barbecue at the end. Yeah. Um, I think they try to bring in like other characters to try to kind of replace Paul Walker. I think that's where you know, uh, Decker Shaw's, uh, which is uh, Jason Statham's uh, character. I think he's kind of like the new replacement for Paul Walker mm. in a way. And I also think. Um, they try to use Hobbs a little bit as for for that as well. I would think, ironically, even though Hobbs is the Rock, it would be more Hobbs than Shaw because Shaw was the bad guy, and originally he was. But then I think you see him come in like with Mister Nobody, and then now they start working as a team. I like Mister Nobody. <laughs> Kurt Russell's badass in that show, man. <laughs> he does have a good character. Dude, he's like I'm nobody. <laughs> he plays it perfectly. <laughs> So, uh, and this is my base. It's nowhere. Yeah. I love it. He's nobody Jr. The, also the, somebody nobody. Nobody Jr. was terrible. Dude, was really the role was <laughs> turd burglar status. All right. Uh, for me, songs-wise, man, this is tough. You said just what's your favorite one, right? Yeah. There's others I like. I think, and the favorite's the tough one. I think for me, and this is a, again, this is, could be uh, things dealing with my life. 2017, G-Eazy, Good Life with Kehlani. I think that's my favorite song. Also very good. And I think the reason for that is just because he really talks about in any industry, in his case, GEZ's, the music industry, how rare it is you get anywhere and still have some of the same friends. And to be able to be in that position where you've made it and you still have some of those same friends is super rare. And to me, that is what I want in life. Like I want to, you know, experience that in that sense of, man, I, I had a code, and so did my friends, and that's why we're still together. You know, I think code plays a, a very big part in these in the, in oh, the series. Huge. And I think we talked about before, you know, about like there's like the there's obviously the family that you're born into, and then there's the family that you make, and this is very much about the family that you make. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I think having that code, you have to know what your code is. And in the first movie, as you mentioned, it, they really do. It it shows what their code is. And even in, is it eight, where uh, Dom finds out about his son? Yes. And, uh, I mean, yeah. Even there, he, he, like, he had a, he had to go against his, his family for his son. But you could see that he was still holding true to his code as best as he could. I think uh, something else that's really great about these movies, 
particularly for men. Uh, not that I don't think women have as complicated but lives as women men. in these movies. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely <laughs> Jordana Brewster. Yeah. Or the flag girls that say go. Oh, my God. Please never stop that, directors and writers. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't Becky. care if you're in Cuba or <laughs> wherever. Please don't stop that. It keeps me going sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, it's a terrible date. Wait a minute. Too many, too many skirts with the G-strings. <laughs> Not G-strings, or V-strings. <laughs> I don't even care what they are. But um, I think these movies really emphasize from the get-go, from Fast and the Furious 1, um, and I'm not saying that women don't have as difficult of, of a life as men, but what I will say is so many people just immediately assume men are the machos. They're the alphas. They are going to overcome the problems. That is their objective. That's their responsibility. Uh, don't feel sorry for them, but uh, in Vin Diesel's character and Paul Walker's character is from one on, you see their internal battles. And with that, you're talking about uh, Vin Diesel's battle where he's going against a portion of his family trying to save his legitimate family. That's something he had never had before. He did not experience that as far as the movies are concerned before and it is different it is different when you have real blood when you have children and when you don't uh, if you don't have children you don't understand yeah oh you have dogs that's not the same <laughs> oh you have eight cats that's not the same um it's literally not the same and it's it's interesting because they do a really good job in this movie showing some of the complexities in the real life drama that men typically steer clear from at least the men i hang out with uh and i i think that's one of my draws is that as a very emotional man i love the fact that they bring these dramas in where i'm like i can relate i can relate i can relate and guess what i've been hated for taking similar actions i've been hated for so much as thinking that's the way i should act all right Switching switching topic here. Most over-the-top moment in any Fast and Furious movie. Hmm. I'm going to have to say it is the Fiero in the space. Dude. <laughs> Literally has to be it. Also, one of the funniest goddamn points <laughs> in any of the movies. Why are they dressed like minions? <laughs> <laughs> It's so great. Uh, man, uh, you named that one. So if I'm not going to name the same one, which I think would be the most over the top. Mm, the next one is when Dom uh, magically connects his car to a steel tether with a bridge that's erect and flies across a canyon from one cliff to the other uh, to land and wreck their car. Although, man, there's some pretty great ones, like a tank driving down a hallway, a highway, wrecking cars left and right, and they're going to use another car to be its anchor and ruin their plan. Um, or how about the stealth fighter that's flying along and as, oh, shit, what's the guy's name? Uh, vacation friends guy. Oh, 
John Senna? John Senna's the brother drives his car off the cliff and the stealth fighter uses the magnet and just picks him up and drives away. That's pretty much over the top. So tons of over the top uh, things. Also, man, you cannot be a parent and be like, hey, kids. Even though I do, right? Like, I'm like, let's watch the next Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> I don't know that's responsible adulting because it's like, don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. Don't ever do this. Don't ever do that. Everything is this movie. Do not ever try. It's all make-believe. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the overtop moments that, you, that we both mentioned all come from the last Fast and the Furious movies. I know <laughs> because the first ones are far more realistic. Uh, I think that's true. Even though tragic, you can imagine them uh, literally hooking uh, <laughs> harpoons into the semis to steal electronics and do a number of things. Uh, yeah, the other ones, the, literally the last several, if you look at any of the director reviews, they're like, we're just trying to see what couldn't be thought of and we're going to do it. <laughs> like, what? So you're copying James Bond moments from the 70s Moonraker? Not a good plan. <laughs> All right, who is your least favorite character? Mm. I hate to say this. The least draw to me of the main characters, I'm not talking about like one-offs, Michelle Rodriguez. Like she brings, she makes me have zero drive and I uh, don't know why. I haven't figured that out. I've actually been curious about this for years. Why does this person, who's obviously extremely talented as an actress and has done many things, she's no draw to me. Like, I, like when I thought she was dead, I didn't care. I'm just saying. Um, How about you? Mine would be the main character from Tokyo Drift. Ah, uh, the uh, Han. No, not Han. Oh, oh. The, the white guy. Who had like two seconds in Fast and Furious Niner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Niner. <laughs> I forget what his name was. I don't even remember either. I, yes. <sighs> and I know he's not necessarily a main character, but he was the main character in one of the movies. So. Gosh, he's. I don't even consider him a main character, but yeah, I would have to replace Michelle Rodriguez with him in a heartbeat. <laughs> but I, it's interesting because I I don't think Michelle Rodriguez did a bad job. I think that everyone else, and I'm a heterosexual male that is looking at this, and I'm like, Jordana Brewster, hot. Now, here's where I emphasized heterosexual male. You're the best looking woman in all of them, I think. It happens to be the blonde in uh, Hobbs and Shaw. That's that's boy, my favorite. Dude. So that is Vanessa Kirby. 100% agree. Also in Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I know this. My kids used to joke about it because I'm like, she's cute. And they're like, we know, Dad. <laughs> Definitely the hottest. I'll take uh, her over Justina Brewster or whatever. Jordana. Jordana. I would too. But only because she's sexier. <laughs> now, she's not sexier just because of looks. It's this like twisted, like she's powerful. <laughs> she's um, dirty. 
Jord- she's gonna get wow. Jordana Brewster, though, the one movie I did like her a lot in was Annapolis. It's uh, the one with James Franco. Is uh, he goes to uh, the Naval Academy is, and is a boxer. Yeah, I haven't seen that in so long. I barely remember. I don't, actually don't remember it at all. I remember he does well, but nonetheless. Yeah, with Michelle Rodriguez, it's something interesting because, like, yeah, going back to the whole sexy thing, Paul Walker's sexy. I'm a straight male, and Paul Walker is still sexy. Dom, sexy. Like, even some of the, like, lesser actors and actresses. Sexy Vanessa Kirby, super sexy. She's like, yeah, next level. But so is Jason Statham, The Rock, all sexy. There's something about Michelle Rodriguez where I'm like, eh, you were expendable from the get go. Obviously not. That's so wrong. I think it could just be Edgy. maybe the way her character was written, though, too. Absolutely. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say about these movies? Great movies. I love what they did. Hugely successful. I'm actually looking forward to next year's Fast and Furious X. Um, thank you for bringing them to us. Excited. More excited about this upcoming weekend, which I'm sure you're going to bring up here in a minute. But yeah, no, uh, I think they're great movies. Great entertainment. Do not <laughs> drive like that. Definitely don't drink and drive. Drink responsibly. And uh, let's go on. All right, so next week um, we did uh, as promised. Yeah, it took us a couple years, but that's because they delayed the movie. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'd say a couple years. We, only, we we haven't been on for a full two years yet. That's a good point. But uh, we uh, did run out of theater uh, for uh, Top Gun Two. Uh, we are, are the the theater that we rented out. The, the amount of seats that we've uh, we, we were allocated. Um, has almost been full, so I think it would be a very good, very good first showing for us. So our topic next week will be the review of Top Gun Two. Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. I'm calling it Top Gun Two. Top Gun Maverick. But with that, um, just in case we don't have Mm. enough uh, enough uh, information or enough things to talk about with that movie. Uh, the secondary kind of topic to go along with that is uh, different types of warplanes that you like and why. Black Widow. That's a what, old World War II bomber or something like that? P-39, I think. Yeah. There you go. So we'll talk about some some other warplanes and stuff because obviously we're going to be dealing with warplanes watching Top Gun Maverick or as I like to say, Top Gun 2. <laughs> I'm in. All right. Uh, and uh, anything you want to say to the people before no, we go? Drink responsibly. Thank you for watching. Please like, share, most importantly, subscribe. We appreciate you. Give us feedback. And if, thank you for everyone who watches us on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, if you listen to us uh, in, in uh, Audible form, then you know that we are on Audible, uh, Podbean, Spotify. Uh, recently, we are now on uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, Samsung uh, Podcast, uh, Player FM. Um, so if you do listen to us, thank you for listening to us. We appreciate that. And uh, for everyone out there, hopefully you have a great week. We look forward to seeing you in uh, 
uh, next week with our new topics, and hopefully uh, I'll, we'll give you a spoiler alert. We're obviously going to be talking about the movie, but it will already be out uh, for a whole week by the time you guys see our next episode. So hopefully it will not be any spoilers for any of you, but hopefully um, you guys will enjoy it. So with that, thank you very much. Cheers. Good night. And Scotchman. Cheers. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.